Today, I'm thinking about summer. Ah, summer. I remember very clearly as if it was yesterday, the last day of school before the summer break. Not sure why we even went to school that day, because it was one big party. We would celebrate the end of the school year and then, hello, freedom. I remember spending hours every day on my bike, riding around my neighborhood, sometimes playing or hanging out with my friends from school or from the neighborhood. I remember spending days at my grandmother's house. We spent a lot of time there anyway, but in the summer, sometimes we would go there for a week or two and she'd take us to the lake. And at some point in the summer, we'd go to the beach. Now, I grew up in Panama, so going to the beach is part of day-to-day living. But the beach in the summer means long days and no schedules, looking for hermit crabs and admiring the sunset. Summer also meant, for us, a bit of structure. There was swimming lessons or tennis. A couple summers I went to art school, so it wasn't all play, but a good mix of organized activities and unstructured play. I learned a lot from both and remember both fondly. Now, I don't know if you're listening to me thinking that I am nuts because your summers are not at all what I'm describing. But no matter what your summers were or are like, I hope that they mean change of pace. I hope that they mean that you can look at the world from behind your bicycle's handlebars and not from behind your desk. That you can process the world by sitting under a tree with a good book and not through the voice of your teacher or boss. So here's to change of pace, to slowing down. Here's to summer. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Welcome to summer. Maybe you're already at the cottage enjoying a nice change of pace. If not, I hope that at least for the next hour, you can have a bit of a change of pace as you spend some time with us because it's definitely a change of pace for us. I'm here by myself. Chris is away and Mary Rose is on retreat all week, but Alessia Domenico will be filling in for Mary Rose with her diocesan update. Uh, There's lots going on across the country. We will be speaking with Bishop Bergy of Hamilton, and uh, Alessia is also going to be telling us about a wonderful Franciscan pilgrimage that's taking place at the end of July at the Cap de la Madeleine in Quebec. And we're still on a bit of a Father's Day mode. We'll be speaking with Dr. Meg Meeker about her books, Boys Should Be Boys and Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. So that's in about 15 minutes. But we begin, as we do always, with a song. Today, our featured artist, uh, again, is Sarah Hart. We're big fans of her here at Salt and Light Radio. She's uh, working on a new album. And she has uh, some great news. And she's also coming to Canada in July. So here she is with her song, Reflection, from her latest album, Saint Song. Breathe and I became 
That was our featured artist of the week, Sarah Hart, with her song Reflection. I will be speaking to Sarah in about 25 minutes, so don't go anywhere. Last week in the program, we spoke to Brian Caulfield of the Fathers for Good campaign of the Knights of Columbus. And so we were speaking about fathers and fatherhood. And in, in doing that interview, we came across a book titled Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters by Dr. Meg Meeker. Now listen to this. Girls with doting fathers are more assertive. Girls with involved fathers are twice as likely to stay in school. A daughter's self-esteem is, pred is predicted by her father's physical affection. Girls with involved fathers wait longer to initiate sex and have lower rates of teen pregnancy. Now, there are so many more stats where these came from. And so I am happy to have the author of Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters on the phone with me right now, Dr. Meg Meeker. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. 
Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. Now, you know, I, I love, uh, maybe it's just my personality, but I love statistics. So yeah. I loved, I love that. Um, and they make sense to me. These ones do, but maybe for some people they might not. So can, can you maybe give us an example? Use one of them as an example, like, and explain why is, like, for example, why, why is it that girls with doting fathers are more assertive? How does that make sense? Well, you know, when you think about it, a girl's identity and, her, and a strong sense of self really comes from her family of origin, her mother and her father. Mm -hmm. And as I try to tell parents often, in a daughter's eyes, dad, even when she's a very young child, has an authority with a capital A. And um, later on, she marries, and her husband has an authority, but it's got a little A, <laughs> you know. Okay. But, but, but in every girl's eyes, dad is larger than life. She needs his attention. She needs his love. She needs um, to feel that he sees her, he loves her, and that she's good. When she has that deep sense, then she will feel more self-confident. Um, she will feel that she's more capable, she's able to do different things, and that will cause her to be more assertive, to stand up for herself, and to feel good about who she is in life. And, um, you know, that goes very much hand-in-hand hand with the fact that girls who have more physical affection from their father mm. have a higher self-esteem. Yeah. And, you know, and often we think, well, our, our daughter needs to have a high self-esteem, so I'm going to go sign her up for piano, I'll help yeah, get her no. tutor to get her grades better, and so on and so forth, when really what she needs is more time and attention and some um, touch and hugs from her dad. Yeah, you know what, I want to ask, uh, in a way you've already started answering my next question, because I was going to ask you, uh, that it makes sense to me, but how is that different than boys? Because I would say, well, boys also need... Uh, affection from their fathers, and that will help them be more assertive. Um, so how is that different for girls? Well, I don't know that it really is different. Okay. Um, and I, I hope in the very near future to write uh, my book on uh, fathers and sons. Yes. But the relationship, because they're different sexes, um, has a different quality to it. I think that Dads um, may be more affectionate with their daughters because they feel safer. Mm. Uh, they don't feel competitive. They don't feel um, the awkwardness of the male-to-male. -male. Yeah. But I can assure you that uh, sons absolutely need the attention, the affection, and the adoration of their fathers. Because when we think about God, uh, you know, as God mm. the Father, uh, adult yeah. men and adult women feel a lot better about themselves when we feel that, you know, we are loved by God. Yeah. Now, uh, with girls, is it because, um, ideally, uh, I mean, a girl's going to grow up and relate to other men, so how she relates to her dad will predict how she will relate to other men? Very much so. You know, I, I, I like to describe that dad places a template over a girl's heart and mind um, as to how she will relate to men and boys, male figures, mm -hmm. for the rest of her life. If in those early years she learns to trust Dad, she learns to feel affection towards him, she feels loved by him, she feels that she can rely and depend on him, then she will automatically feel that way towards her brothers, mm. her male teachers, her pastors, uh, boyfriends in the future. And um, she will have a much healthier relationship with them because of Dad. 
but the old, but but the other side can happen as well. You know, the, the bad side. If dad abandons her, mm-hmm. or uh, she feels that he's cruel to her in some way, she will tend to shut down. Uh, whenever she's uh, interacting with male figures as she grows older. Or if she's not getting the affection that she needs from her dad, she will look for that effect, that male attention from other men? Absolutely. And we know that, you know, in 90% of the teenage girls who are sexually active, um, they're not doing it uh, for any physical satisfaction. They're doing it, and they say this, you know, right up front, studies have shown, they do it for male attention. Mm. They have that dad hole, that, that need uh, that that they are they are loved and they are seen and they are tended to by a man and we know that girls who have a good healthy relationship with their dad much less likely to seek uh, uh, male attention in, in boyfriends. Yeah, this is so fascinating. I just want a, a, a note for anyone joining the program at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro. We're speaking to Dr. Uh, Meg Meeker. She's the author of Strong fathers, strong daughters, and other books. Um, and I do want to get to some of the other books, but I had one more question. Maybe it's more of a comment because I have some uh, uh, friends of mine who are dads that when the, the daughters are little, it's very easy to be affectionate with them, but then all of a sudden the girl turns 13, 14, and then all of a sudden the dads seem almost uncomfortable to be affectionate with them because they're no longer the little girl. They're more of a young woman. Yes. What would and there's another factor. Girls can turn into porcupines when they hit 13. You know, they yeah. goes to try to hug them, and then they shoot out these yeah. bristles that it says, get away from me. I think what happens is that dads get their feelings hurt very easily when a girl, a teenage girl, rebuffs them for the first time. First time they go to hug them, and everything in the girl's body language says, get away. Uh-huh. And I think that dads retreat. Um, but this is a time when I really call the dads to say, I know you may feel uncomfortable. I know you may feel that your feelings are hurt, but she needs you more than ever. Hmm. So learn to relate to her a little bit differently. If you're uncomfortable with a full-on hug um, and you can't sort of make yourself do it anyway, which I encourage dads to do, mm-hmm. touch her on the shoulders, stroke her hair, don't touch her in public because that's very embarrassing yes. for teenage girls. But she needs your attention and your physical and your touch more than ever. Yeah. So try to work through your, 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 your discomforts, your hurt feelings, and just know that deep down inside, regardless of what she looks like, she's still your little girl and she needs you desperately. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Now, thankfully, I don't have any daughters, <laughs> but I have two <laughs> boys, so I'm always uh, also very interested in your other book, Boys Should Be Boys. And we don't have a lot of time, but could you, you talk about seven secrets. Um, so maybe if you can share one or two of them, what, what are some of them and how can we apply them? Well, you know, there's so many, it's hard to, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to, you know, to, to really know where to start. I think that, you know, the, mo- the most important thing is to understand that boys' needs are very different from girls' needs. Yeah. Boys, right from the get-go, are wired differently. They have different genes. They are, they are very um, visual people, mm-hmm. you know, right from the start. And our culture, I believe, and I don't know how it is in Canada, at least through the media United States, is very um, antagonistic, particularly towards teen boys. Yes, and, same And, um, you know, a lot of video games that are, have too much sex and too much violence are marketed to teen boys mm-hmm. and to young boys, too. Since boys are very visual people, they are drawn to um, these things, very bad influence on mm-hmm. them. They are drawn much more so than girls are. And so I think that parents need to be aware that 
boys need to be um, to find entertainment in other places. They need to be outside, um, you know, to sort of work the kinks out. They need to be encouraged to recruit their imagination, um, to play outside so that they're not drawn to a lot of video games, Mm -hmm. and that they can sort of work out their... Um, you know, their sense of good and bad and right and wrong and evil versus good outside in their imagination. And they need to do that in a very different way than girls do. So keep them away from, you know, the television and the video games as long as you can. Get them outside. Let them play with sticks, climb trees, be boys, because they have to do it. Okay, yeah, good. Thank you. That's good advice. I, I wish, well, I'm sure I'm going to have to call you back and have you on the show again because we could spend so much more time on this. Um, uh, we've been speaking with Dr. Meg Meeker. She's a pediatrician. She specializes in a child and adolescence, which is unusual for pediatricians, um, but that's great. She's also an author. She's also a wife and a mother. Now, both the books we've been speaking about, uh, uh, Boys Should Be Boys and uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, are published by Ballantine Books and available at uh, any bookstore. Support your local bookstore. Um, you can find also more about Dr. Meeker at her website, uh, megmeekermd.com. So Meeker is M-E-E-K-E-R, Meg Meeker md.com we'll put that link on our website as well saltonlighttv.org slash radio um dr meeker um thank you so much for joining us today oh well thank you i'd love to come back and talk about anything you'd like to it's been a great pleasure so have a great evening great thank you you're listening to salt and light radio on the catholic channel sirius 159 and xm 117 Here now is our featured artist, Sarah Hart, with her song, Today, from her album, Saint's Song.
Guevara Man, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And that was Sarah Hart with her song Today. And now it's time for our diocesan update. So here with us, sitting in for Mary Rose, is Alessia Domenico. Welcome, Alessia. Hello, Pedro. So what's up? So this week we spoke with um, secular Franciscan Colleen McAllister. And Colleen is organizing this thing called the Franciscan Youth Pilgrimage. Uh And that's taking place July 19th to the 22nd. So I was able to speak with her. And this this pilgrimage is taking place in Cap de Madeleine and Trois-Rivières in Quebec, again on July 19th to the 22nd. So yeah, got a chance to speak with Colleen McAllister. So here's that interview. Hello, Colleen. Thanks for joining us on Salt and Light Radio. Hello, this is, thank you for calling me. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about this pilgrimage. Um, I understand it's the first of its kind, the first to be sponsored in Canada. Yes, it is, and we are really excited about this pilgrimage. Um, we are going to like the Franciscan root heritage in Canada, mm-hmm. which is Trois-Rivières and Cap de Madeleine, visiting the, the shrine of, of Our Lady of the Cape, of course, and also the little Franciscan friary where Good Father Frederick is, who is now a blessed. And, uh, he's the little Franciscan friar that actually originated the whole secular Franciscans in Canada. Oh, my gosh. That was a long time ago. He lived from 1838 to 1916. Yeah, so it's definitely a very significant time in our history, Canada's history and also in the Catholic history in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, um, where it's taking place in Trois-Rivières and Cap de Madeleine, um, is there a specific meeting place where, where the youth are going to be meeting on July the 19th? We're actually going right to, uh, I believe it's a, a Maison de Cap. It's a, 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 like a motel-type 
of a building right at Captain Madeleine. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right on the shrine grounds for all of our time that we are in Quebec. We will be taking, um, visiting, doing different activities. We will actually walk from Captain Madeleine to Trois-Rivières in the footsteps of Blessed Father Frederick, where we will have Mass. We will have Mass every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have morning and evening prayers. Uh, we're having a social justice project in collaboration with the Knights of Columbus and yeah. Trois-Rivières. We'll be helping sort out food, going to their local food bank. Uh, at the same time, we will have representation speaking about Canada Food for Children okay. and also the San Damiano Foundation, which are both outreaches helping the poor internationally, and the San Damiano Foundation, of course, is a Canadian uh, youth foundation that makes centers that we want to make people aware of. Right, right. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Colleen McAllister, organizer of the um, Franciscans Youth Pilgrimage that's just put on by the Secular Franciscans of Canada. And she's speaking to us about this youth pilgrimage that's taking place from July 19th to the, to the 22nd in Quebec in Cap de Madeleine and Trois-Rivières in Quebec. So um, this social justice um, program that you have planned for the pilgrimage, could you elaborate on that? What, what's going to be taking place there? Well, I think learning and understanding uh, about Canada Food for Children in the beginning, but in the afternoon we want to do an activity. We will be making people aware of Canada Food for Children, which is a huge outreach. Uh, and, of course, it's uh, actually a Franciscan who's involved with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dr. Simone, I believe his name yes. is. And uh, we will be collaborating with a collection of food and things like um, in the local community for the food bank that's actually in Trois-Rivières. We're not quite sure whether we will actually be going out and gathering. Some may be going out and gathering food. Mm-hmm. Uh, others will be receiving it, sorting it. We'll be doing music. Uh, we'll have music workshop, dance workshop. We'll be making rosaries. Uh, we've got PowerPoint presentations. We're going to be presenting about World Youth Day. Oh, uh, that's coming up next year in Madrid. Mm-hmm. And hoping to draw uh, young people together in a, a national way to connect internationally. There are Franciscan youth all around the world that yeah. have been going to Assisi and doing many wonderful things over the years. And in Canada, we have many youth groups and uh, different um, kind of movements amongst our youth mm-hmm. that are drawn to Francis. So this is our attempt to pull them together uh, as a national uh, type of fraternity that can connect internationally with Franciscan Youth next year at World Youth Day. That's wonderful. This is a lesson. And it's not just me working. I should say we have a wonderful little steering committee uh, headed by David Bouchard, who is the regional youth coordinator in the western provinces. Okay. Uh, Sylvana Lohid, who is the regional youth coordinator in uh, Trillium. Uh, Carol David, who is the regional coordinator for uh, Eastern Canada uh, English speaking. And um, we also have Gilles Metavier, who is the French-speaking representative for Eastern Canada, and I myself am on the National Council mm-hmm. as a youth resource person, so we're working together. Okay, and how would people get in touch with these organizers? Would you go through the website? Uh, yeah, I would suggest uh, you go to C-I-O-S-S, that'd be Frank Sam, dot org. You will find everything that's going on with Franciscan youth around the world at that site. You will find pictures. You'll also find the link to 
uh, the national website here that we have in Canada, which I believe is ofsnational.ca. Fantastic. This is Alessia here at Salt and Light Radio. We're on the phone with Colleen McAllister, um, a secular Franciscan with who is organizing the Franciscan Youth Pilgrimage in Quebec. So if you've just joined us, this pilgrimage is taking place July 19th to the 22nd. You can find out more information on the pilgrimage at cifs.org. And their Canadian website is ofsnational.ca. On the, um, the international website, they have information on, the into- on Franciscan youth orders throughout the world. So, Colleen, um, that legislative... Sorry. So, Colleen, we'll just uh, verify those dates and the locations again. When is it taking place, the pilgrimage? Monday, July the 19th. We're meeting at supper time. Uh, at Cap de Madeleine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a full Tuesday, a full Wednesday, and then we are departing at noon on Thursday. Perfect. And how many spaces do you have available? Right now, we've probably, we've probably got maybe, um, maybe 30, 40 spaces left. Okay. But uh, the sooner people call, the better. And I'm sure we'll make room. So <laughs> we're hoping to have a, a really good attendance. And it really doesn't matter how many, large or small, I know that the Holy Spirit is calling us there. Perfect. And um, what is the age? Um, who can participate in this? We're looking for uh, young adults, 18 to 33. Uh, we're also very open to, uh, there may be young families of teenagers that could come with their parents. Mm-hmm. That's fine as well. Um, So we're pretty open to all ages. So young people and young families throughout Canada, there's spaces available at this Franciscan Youth Pilgrimage in Quebec. For more information, you can visit their website, cifs.org, which links to um, the Global Franciscan Youth um, Organization. There you can find the Canadian National website through cifs.org. Colleen, thank you very much for joining us today and speaking about the youth pilgrimage that's coming up. I'm very happy to, and if I may, mm-hmm. I'd be very happy just to give you my cell phone number in case someone just can't get on the internet. Sure. And I can leave a message. Okay. It's 613 242 Do you hear that? Colleen McAllister is giving out her own personal cell phone. This is how much she believes in this youth pilgrimage. So, again, it's 613-242-1125 if you'd like more information on the Franciscan Youth Pilgrimage and can't get to a computer to access their website. Colleen, thank you very much for joining us. I wish you the best of luck with this pilgrimage. It sounds like a wonderful experience. Well, we'll take lots of pictures, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about it. Definitely. Maybe you can even come, Alyssa. Check your calendar. I should check my calendar. (laughs) If salt and light have left me off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, and we'd love to have you back to speak about this as well on Salt and Light in the future after the the event is over. Great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. God bless you, too, Colleen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Colleen McAllister, one of the organizers for the Franciscans Youth Pilgrimage that's taking place July 19th to the 22nd in Quebec, Captain Madeleine and Trois-Rivières. For more information, visit their website at cifs.org. Great. Thank you so much. That sounds like a, a wonderful opportunity. I, I uh, wish I would be able to go. Cap de la Madeleine is a beautiful, beautiful place. Definitely. So thank you, Alessia. Um, Alessia, will return at the end of the show to introduce us to Bishop Burgi 
Auxiliary Bishop of the Diocese of Hamilton, Ontario. Hi, I'm Steve Angrisano, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. I'm not sure what more I can say about Sarah Hart that hasn't already been said, but since I know her, and I know her personally, I'm sure that she'd want me to say that she is foremost a mom and a wife, and that she's a daughter of God. All that first, and then she's a singer and songwriter. That's just the bonus part for her. But I'm happy to have Sarah joining us once again here on Salt and Light Radio. Sarah, welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> nice Thank to have you. you. You're so sweet. Listen to your sweet words. You're so kind. How but are you? It's, it's true. It's not, I'm just not being sweet. <laughs> it's true. I know. Um, it is true. You're busy and you're working and you're songwriting and, and we're going to talk about that. But you're at yeah. home and I know you're home right now and you got your two little girls Locked away in the basement somewhere. (laughs) I just said, go upstairs and play and don't fight with each other for about 15 minutes. So how do you... (laughs) Let's see if it works. You know, like, I think you're like one of those classics. I mean, maybe people will look at you and say, oh, she can work from home or whatever. But you're Mm -hmm. working, you're fulfilling your career, your vocation, uh, because it's a call, what you do with your career. But you're also at home. um, You're a mom. You're a wife. How do you keep Mm -hmm. all that in balance? Gosh, you know, uh, some days I don't know. I I really think that, I don't mean this to sound tight, but I really think that the Lord just keeps it in balance for me. I do a lot of praying, and I I do a lot of, um, you know, a lot of help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me figure out how I'm going to get three people to three different places, or, you know, help me figure out how I'm going to meet this deadline by tomorrow when it's already midnight and I'm exhausted, you know. God just always makes a way, and my husband and I joke about that all the time, that we're going to be someday, you know, 90 years old, hopefully, hopefully, holding hands, lying in a nursing home, hmm. just going, phew, how did we do that? <laughs> and, you know, the beauty of it is that a lot of it just feels like it's done for you. Like, when you really throw up your hands and just say, God, I trust you that it's all going to get done, and it's all going to happen the way it's supposed to and the way you want it to, you know, that's kind of the answer. So give it up. Yeah, and, and, and when it doesn't, when when it doesn't go the way you think it should go, I'm sure it always goes the way God <laughs> wants it to go. Um, so That's it. How do, you, how do you come to terms with that? Do you well, you know, um, sometimes, I just, sometimes I just throw a hissy fit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. try not to throw a hissy fit. You know, I, I think that... Um, I think that that's an interesting point of faith. You know, the way that God answers the prayers that we have or the desires that we have or the dreams that we have sometimes look very different from what we start them out to be or what we envision them to be at the interim. And that changes and shifts, you know. And I think being a malleable person, being able to say, okay, maybe this doesn't look the way I thought it was supposed to, but it's still right, you know, like it's still of God, I think that's key. Because especially when you choose a a life like this, you know, Mm -hmm. the music industry changes, you change, your life changes, your quote-unquote fan base changes, you know, everything continually is changing. Mm -hmm. So you have to just be an extremely malleable person and say, okay, I'm just willing to go with the flow. Your plan, not mine. That's the hardest prayer in the world. The world is, you know, your will, not mine. Yeah, yeah, and that's the prayer that Jesus himself made, so what what, be- what better model? Um, just a note, anyone joining at the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. We're speaking with our featured artist, uh, once again, Sarah Hart, joining us on the phone from Nashville. Now, Sarah, you have a new, a new single 
it's kind of yours because <laughs> you wrote it. Yeah. It's Amy Grant's oh, yeah, new song. Yeah. So tell us about that. That's a awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, you know, I've been doing a lot of writing lately. The last couple of years, I've really, um, I signed with, with a company here in Nashville a couple of years ago. So the last couple of years, I've really been throwing myself into writing again, mm-hmm. which I had sort of laid down for a really long time because I had a little babies at home. Mm-hmm. And so I really laid that down and just trusted that if it was meant to come back up again, it would. And opportunities started coming, and uh, I, of course, took them. And this song I wrote with a girlfriend of mine who um, we basically went into the writer's room one day and ended up talking for a couple of hours just about our brokenness, Hmm. about our hearts and our lives and the things we had failed at and the ways that, you know, God loves us through that failure. And so this song came out of it. And I think when you're a writer, you just think, well, there goes another song out the door that nobody's ever going to hear, you know? Right. (laughs) And somehow Amy Grant got her hands on it and she... Loved it and put it on her record, and it's her new radio single. So, so we're really excited. So it's called Better Than a Hallelujah. Okay, so Better Than a Hallelujah. I'm sure people have heard it on the radio. It's Amy Grant's newest song, uh, written by Sarah Hart. Very, yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. Now, that's not the only new uh, songwriter that you've been doing, because I know you're working on a new album for yourself. I am. I'm working on it right now. And it's taken me a little time, because... Um, this album has sort of been like pieced together just in bits and pieces here and there. I, ha- I didn't just like have 12 songs and go in the studio and record it in three days. I've yeah. really been doing it slowly over time, yeah. you know, um, which has been actually, I've loved doing it this way. It's very different, but it's really been cool because it's given me time to step back and look. But yeah, I'm working on a new one right now. It should be out maybe around the end of the year is what I'm hoping. Okay, good. So maybe that's another excuse to have you back on the show. Um, yeah, I'd love to. In, and in fact, uh, people will, will be happy to know that we have a couple... Uh, hopefully we'll be able to play two two uh, sneak peeks, uh, two, of the, two of the new songs. Um, I'd like you to tell me that this is going to be the first time that they're going to be played on radio anywhere. No, yeah. <laughs> heard first on Salt and Light yeah. Radio. So, so, so that's coming up soon. But you know, we had Steve Angrisano on the show last week, and he was telling oh, was us he, nice to you? he was very nice. He invited me over to a barbecue, and uh, oh, but but I had to pay the plane ticket. Um, <laughs> yeah, so one day. But he was he was telling us about co-writing with you, and that that was one of the more exciting things about his new album is that he had a chance to oh. to collaborate. So, what was that like for you? Well, I mean, you know, Steve and I have known each other a really long time, and he's, I've always joked that he's just like the brother that I never wanted. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's one of my dearest brothers, and I just adore him. And so, I don't know, it probably looked different for both of us, because for me, at this point in my in my journey, you know, writing is kind of a job in a way, and I yeah. hate to say that, but it's like some people go and... You know, they're accountants, and people go to the studio and have a radio show, and I happen to walk into a writer's room, and that's my job. So for me, it was like, yes, it's a job, but also I think it was just made really special because it was Steve. And and Mm. he's not just my friend, but I'm a fan. You know, I'm a fan of who he is personally and what he does musically and what he does in his ministry. I'm just a fan. And so that was a lot of fun for me to be able to write so much for his record. Man, we cranked it out, too. I don't know if he told you that. No, he did say that. He did say that. He (laughs) said he actually went to Nashville. um, And we played, I think, Pour Out Your Love, 
we played and All the yeah. Glory was another one that you co-wrote with him. Um, it, it, when you collaborate with someone like that, like it was, uh, I think I got the sense that it was clear that you were writing s songs that he would perform, but do you, would you ever have the opportunity to perform some of the songs yourself? You know, I probably wouldn't. I, I really try to pride myself in writing to separate myself as an artist from the writing process. Really? So the first thing I always want to do, if I'm in a writer's room with another artist, the first thing I really want to do is say, what do you want to say? Where are you in your ministry? What are the things that are important to you? Even, you know, musical styles, what are you listening to? That I, I would rather dig into where they are because... Really, I'm not writing for me. I'm writing for them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, you know, I wrote a bunch with Jesse Manabusen on his record, too. Yeah. And it's funny because he and Steve are so different in so many ways, and it's really just about approaching things. Yeah. I, and with Steve and Jesse, it's, it's easier because I know who they are, and I know what their ministries are about, you know, because they're friends. And so that's a little easier. But you never want to project your own what you like what you're listening to it always needs to be about that other person and where they are but how is what it, they want and how is that different from like this song that amy grant happened to like because that song you wrote not for amy grant you wrote it for yeah. yourself yeah well we really just wrote it to write a song you know there are some times when you're just like okay here we are in the writer's room it's another it's another monday you know yeah <laughs> let's just write a song and and i have an awful lot of those that are just songs that are sitting around waiting for waiting. somebody to hear and say, yeah, I love that, oh, nice. you know, so that's yeah. how that one came okay. about, but, okay. but that one will be on my new record too, actually. So. But sung by you? Yeah, I did a version of it. So Amy's version is amazing, but I just did a um, piano vocal of it because I really wanted to get to just the nitty gritty of yeah. the lyric and music so i just did a piano vocal oh, that's nice. it yeah i'm looking forward to hearing yeah. it um and yeah. and i guess we should be telling our our our, uh, our listeners before we run out of time that you're coming to canada um yeah. coming back to uh midland for the toronto archdiocesan youth rally july 24th know, 25th such a fun event it's so great and the kids are so great and yeah they've got a great band and you know it'll be a blast It'll I be hope good. it won't be as cold as last year, though. It was so cold. I know last you, you, year. you. It was cold and lots of mosquitoes. I'm sure we'll still have the mosquitoes. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. but that's <laughs> that's really why you come. No moose, but lots of mosquitoes. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that I can get my son to come with me this time. So he's gonna be he's gonna oh. be 14. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. Yeah, he's going to be 14, so that, that should be fun. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing you when you're up here. So that's Sarah Hart. She's going to be in Midland. If you're in the Toronto area, the Toronto Archdiocesan Youth Rally at the Martyr's Shrine in Midland, July 24th, 25th. You can get more information at the Toronto Archdiocesan website. Sarah, that's all the time we have. Oh, I wish we had more time. I'll, I'll pick you up on that barbecue. I'll fly out to these too. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So we can get some visit time. Okay, okay. Well, and happy songwriting and happy uh, motherhood and, and say hi to your husband. Thank you. Have a great day, my brother. You too. God bless. Bye. That was singer-songwriter Sarah Hart. If you want to find out more about Sarah to purchase her music or uh, bring her to an event, check out her website, sarahartmusic.com. And here now is Sarah, as promised, with a sneak peek, one of her new songs heard here first on Salt and Light Radio, Way to Me. Seem to open my eyes. I hate me the world the 
was our featured artist of the week, Sarah Hart, with her new song heard here on Salt and Light Radio for the first time, Way to Me. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. Now back here with us is Alessia. Hi, Pedro. So you were speaking with uh, another bishop today. I was speaking with a bishop, an auxiliary bishop of the Diocese of Hamilton, Ontario. Bishop uh, Gerard Bergy, he's telling me about an event. It's not taking place until October, but it's important that you learn about it now because registration is opening up okay. soon and also to visit their website as well. Um, so archdiocese and dioceses across Canada are planning special events, but this one's a little different. It's focusing on the family specifically, mm -hmm. and it's called Family Matters. So we spoke with him about that. Here's that interview. 
Hello, Bishop Burgi. Thank you for joining us on Salt and Light Radio. My pleasure. Happy to be with you. So, what um, what is the Diocese of Hamilton planning for this fall? I understand you have some big projects coming up. Yes, uh, the diocese has uh, chosen this coming year to be a year of the family, mm-hmm. and uh, we are planning various uh, events. The, the The big event uh, would be the uh, Family Matters, which is a diocesan family conference mm-hmm. that we will be holding in Hamilton uh, on the weekend of Friday, October the 15th to Sunday, October the 17th. And uh, it, uh, it promises to be a, a wonderful event. There'll be many workshops and presentations in order to really support the whole Catholic family. So that's taking place October 15th through the 17th. To the 17th, that's correct. So what we're doing throughout the summer is certainly to advertise in our parishes, uh, encourage uh, people to attend. There's also a, a focus in the parishes on Scripture, and we are making the Catholic family faith and family Bible uh, available to all of our uh, parishioners with the hopes that uh, the program that we have established will be used in parishes where families can come together and to really involve themselves in Bible study. And uh, that's another offshoot of this year of the family. And we hope that it will be um, very good and, and reap many benefits as our Catholic families delve into the real beauty of sacred scripture. Right, and so can you just go into a bit of detail about what some of these events will be? Yes, the, um, the Family Matters, the uh, Family Conference, basically uh, we'll have an, an opening liturgy and with a keynote presentation, and then Saturday there, uh, again, will be various displays, various uh, workshops uh, that will focus on, on the family and the needs of a family in today's society. Uh, the uh, evening activities will be a family movie night, and there'll even be a, a, a dancing that evening. And then Sunday will be the uh, another keynote address, and then a mass with our bishop, Bishop Tonus. Um, so it, it, we've tried to design it to to meet the needs of both the young and the old. Uh, there'll be um, a certain stream for the youth. We'll provide babysitting. Uh, and uh, so it, we're trying to, to make it accessible to all, presenting it at a reasonable price. It's going to be taking part a place at the Hamilton Convention Center, which is in downtown Hamilton. Okay. And uh, so, uh, you know, accessible to, to uh, by highway, and, and it's hopefully a place that people can find easily. And then anyone that needs hotel accommodations, it will be at the Sheridan Hotel in Hamilton, which is connected to the convention center. Perfect. And is it open to people outside of the diocese Oh, yes, certainly. It's open to, uh, to all people, certainly. Perfect. And uh, we would welcome uh, people from outside the diocese, yes. As I said, if you click on the website, uh, there's, there's uh, certainly uh, an outline of who the speakers are and what the workshops are. I mean, I could go into that, but it would take too much time. Hmm. No, no, that's fine. Can you just give it th- us your website one more time? Certainly. Bishop? It is www.hamiltondiocese.com. Okay. Are you expecting large numbers and lots of young people? Yes, we're hoping. That's what we're planning for. And uh, God willing, we will have uh, a large number. Perfect. And we'll pray for that. And young people, if you're listening, please head out to the Diocese of Hamilton October for this. Thank you very much, Bishop Burgi, you. for your time. And have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Auxiliary Bishop of the Diocese of Hamilton, Ontario, Bishop Gerard Burgi. Great. Thank you, Alessia. So that's it for events. Uh, uh, Remember, let us know about your events. Uh, It's as easy as sending us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. 
You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Alessia Domenico. On Monday, June 28th, is the Solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul. And so, as in every year, the Holy Father will be celebrating Mass. And you can watch it live at 12 noon, so that's Monday, June 28th. And just like every other year, the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul means Pallium Mass. And this is when all the new archbishops receive their pallium. And that Pallium Mass will be airing live at 3.30 a.m. on Tuesday, June 29th. Uh, Canadian Archbishop Albert Legat of the Diocese of St. Boniface, Manitoba will be receiving his pallium. And if you don't want to stay up all night, but you do want to watch the pallium mass, you can watch the repeat at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on that same Tuesday, June 29th. And let's not forget that on Tuesday at 8 p.m. is also In Your Faith, and this is the last episode of season two. Who is a friend? So don't miss that. Yeah, and you know what? It's a wonderful episode. I think this is the better one, so don't miss who is a friend. On Saturday, July 3rd, tune in for Maria Goretti. This is a film based on the life and death of virgin and martyr Maria Goretti. This is a wonderful film and a powerful story of Maria Goretti, a young teenager who was brutally murdered. Yeah, you don't want to miss this, uh, this film. It, it, it's a very powerful story. I agree with you, Alessia. So that's next Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern and the repeat for people on the West Coast is 9.30 p.m. Pacific. And remember that all those times and details can be found on our programming schedule on our website, saltandlighttv.org. And all our radio programs are available for podcasting. Just go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Alessia, that's it. Thank you for helping me out. Do you have any plans for the summer? Working at Salt and Light. Those are my plans. <laughs> working, working, working. Well, you know what? I'm hoping I'll be working too, but I hope to be able to take some time off a little bit, at least in August. Um, but we are taking a break from Salt and Light Radio. This is our last program. For the remainder of the summer, though, we will be rebroadcasting some of our best interviews of the year. So don't think that we're going to leave you abandoned. Well, Pedro, you have a good summer, and I've been happy to help you out today with the program. Well, thank you so much. And it's you enjoy your vacation when you have it. Yeah, if I, <laughs> if I can have it. Well, thank you, Alessia. Um, it's been good to have you. Alessia Domanico, she's Salt and Light associate producer. She's sitting in today for Mary Rose Bacani, who is our regular events producer. And I guess on behalf of Mary Rose and on behalf of Krista Matrenko, our news producer, and all our Salt and Light radio team, our sound engineer, Javier Capella, and our executive producer, Father Thomas Rosica, thank you for listening and have a wonderful summer. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.